0: Welcome to episode 171 of The Locometa, my name is Fletcher.
1: And I'm John.
0: Ah, oh, John, how's it going, man?
1: Not too bad. I, so, I, t- I took a nap at like 5 o'clock, because it's cool what I Cool <laughs> And I, I woke up from my nap and I looked at my phone, it was like almost 7, it was like 6.45 or something, and I already was having existential dread about my work week. <laughs> What does that tell you about my existence?
0: (laughs) I can tell you from basically like the last, you know, month of my life that I finally just got over. It It sucks, dude. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, so we're closed on Monday.
0: Oh, cool. Okay, I was gonna say, but
1: yeah, Monday is normally our you know biggest freight day. I have to go in extra early at five thirty
0: on on
1: on on Monday.
0: On Monday. Oh, okay.
1: Yep. And last time we were closed on Monday, I got a phone call at like quarter to six asking where I was because, or asking where I was on that Tuesday because I'm like, well, I don't come in early on Tuesday. Why would I come in early on Tuesday? And the answer was because, well, because things were going poorly and they expected me to be there apparently. So things are set up so I shouldn't have to go in early on Tuesday. Okay. And, you know, I talked with my boss about that and how everything's supposed to be fine. And, you know, I should be able to just come in and work my normal eight to four, you know, yeah. no having to wake up stupid early. Yeah. And all I can think about is someone's going to do something or they're going to not do something and they're going to screw shit up. And I'm going to get yelled at for it <laughs> because I chose to not come in and to fix other people's problems. That's what I was thinking about at 645 after I woke up from a nap.
0: I'm sorry, I, I've got <laughs> I've got past the point in my job where I am uh, have been concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you've positioned yourself so that you
1: don't care if you keep your job, <laughs> it makes things a lot easier. <laughs> See, my but, mine's. I probably would be able to be survive for a bit if I got fired, but I probably shouldn't actually tell my boss to go F himself. So.
0: I mean, you know, you don't do that, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. So, actually, I was going to, like, we were, like, you know, playing Halo last night and stuff like that. And then we sat in silence for a while together while we played games. And um, yep. uh, then I took off while I was organizing my music library more. And I was going to send you a message, but it was, like, super late, and I actually went to bed like a reasonable human being instead of doing this. But So, like, I have to go through all my old music to get it converted over to my new media platform and stuff like that. And uh. I came across this song and was like, "Ah, oh, I should shoot this at John." You remember the song "Dearer"?
1: Yes, it's a very very good song and I actually have it.
0: I know you do. I but I came across it and I'm like, "Oh man, I'm like, I wonder if John has listened to this recently, but
1: I think last time I listened to Cranius was over a year ago cuz I was driving still. And I like I was driving like back to the warehouse from my route. And I was I was out of podcasts. <laughs> And I was like, man, I want to listen to Cranius.
0: Like, just randomly, like, hey, let's listen to this.
1: He's probably one of my more popularly listened to artists on my phone.
0: No shit, really. Like, this is one that had fallen into the, like, sofa cushion cracks of my, like, media (laughs) listening server. Like, I have a big list of stuff that, like, I'm like, oh, man, I haven't heard this in a long time. Oh, man, I haven't heard this in a long time. And, like, Uh, literally on my desk.
1: He does a lot of covers, and I have, like, two or three of them. On my phone because I really like his voice mm-hmm. and like he does a cover of uh, "Fix You" by whatever that band is called. And uh, I don't even
0: know the song, so that's why I'm like mm-hmm.
1: Coldplay. Coldplay does a song "Fix
0: You." Oh, okay. I don't...
1: Like he does a cover of that, and he does a cover of like one or two other songs. Mm-hmm. I think he does really good covers because once again, I really like his voice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you would like them because he doesn't really make them his own. He just does his own lyrics over the normal music. so it's not changing enough for you
0: yeah i like uh i like arrangement more so like than just like a straight up like you know with a slightly different texture to it i like i like covers that like really like i want them to call back to the original so it's recognizable Mm -hmm. but also be their own thing like I mean, there's a lot of that. Like, uh, Disturbed's cover of "Sound of Silence" is friggin' phenomenal in that way. Johnny Cash Hurt, like that is probably one of the best there. You know, there's a lot of them and stuff like that. Like, I like that kind where it shifts almost genre shifts too. You know,
1: but yeah, and that that's the, like I said, that's the thing where like he he obviously takes out a lot of like the heavier stuff because he is more acoustic in his. usual functionings but Mm -hmm. like his big stamp on this is my version of the song is just his voice so yeah
0: he does have a really unique voice but
1: it is yeah yeah. but uh like yeah i I like that i I love the song um big blue dress i just think that's the one that like
0: like kind of like got him on the uh, air quotes on the
1: map that was the thing that like won him a machinima contest so (laughs) (laughs) and then there's also um the song my happy place which i really enjoy but i can't find to download huh. like it you can't buy the song my happy place it, he only like put it on youtube interesting so. it's a song about a rogue who doesn't want to kill people he just wants to pick flowers but people keep attacking him while he's picking flowers so he has to kill them
0: okay <laughs>
1: i'm not gonna say i identify with that song but i kind of identify with that song
0: i mean i'm somebody like yeah i mean i'm like that <laughs> i mean, if if the last time we played Starbound was any indication, it's like you and my wife run off and are like murdering creatures and stuff. And I'm like, I'm gonna build a house. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, see, I'm not you running out to murder creatures. I'm running out to find sweet loot. There just happens to be creatures in the way
0: in the way. You, and you have to beat them until loot falls out of them, too. but <laughs> yeah, uh, man. but like,, so yeah, I listened to that song and was thinking about it. I'm like, man, that like whole quest line was super friggin good. yes. Like... I
1: actually, I never played through it when I originally leveled. I played through it when they did the rework yeah, of, same here. of the core everything. And, but they kept the questline intact, which was the important yep. thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I actually listened to that song while doing that questline. Only yeah. once. I didn't listen to it on a repeat, because that would be excessive. But
0: yeah. It was sweet, though. Yeah, it was, it was just such a good... I don't know. I like I like those things that take and add, like, a human element to it. Like, something, you know, because, like, most of, like, wow, you're, like, when you're doing stuff, it's, like, this is about a giant war, you know? Yep. Realistically, that's what it is. But then you take and you're, like, we're going to take a person, like, the people from this war. Not the people fighting in the war, just people who are affected by this war. And, like, talk about that in some ways.
1: Well, and technically, like, technically, one person did I actually mean, fight in the war.
0: <laughs> Te- technically but like it, it wasn't about them no it was about I mean the the more important thing was that like that per- that person who went off to fight in the war their existence affected somebody else you know is what it is and that whole the whole thing you know but yeah it's I don't know I just I, I, I just really I, I like had, like, forgot about that song and then, it like, popped up. I'm like, oh, hell yes! But... Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That was just the one I had to throw out since you had to throw songs at Nick last week, but...
1: Yeah, the, the one song I threw at Nick. I, mean, I wonder okay. if he ever actually... He said he wrote it down. or I never actually found it. If he ever listened to it. So... I, mean,
0: I don't know. You'll have to go grill him or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when I'm, like, lurking in his chat while playing Neverwinter, it'd be like, Nick, did you listen to this song?
2: Did you listen to this? But, yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, So, I don't know. What else is on your mind, man?
1: Alright, so this, this is something that you brought up, where, oh. as we've mentioned 100 times before, we're playing through Halo, yada yeah. yada yada, oh. and I'm, I'm <laughs> making you watch the cutscenes.
0: I mean, I, you're not making me. I was like, okay, we were going to watch the cutscenes. Yeah, because we're doing wanted... our playthrough.
1: Yeah, you might as well learn it as we go through right? I mean, I'll watch it and stuff like that and be
0: like, oh, yeah, okay, this is Halo. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which then you mentioned how, like, Halo has, like, this massive swerp in it, right? Yeah. Where the the, the game starts in the middle of something. It literally yeah. starts with you fleeing from a alien, you know, armada trying to murder you.
0: I mean, it is literally... Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope like yes like it's just like oh look
1: (laughs) the the same opening giant
0: thing (laughs) yeah this giant thing happened off screen and we're fleeing in a ship and the bad guys are after us
1: yeah so (laughs) so it starts with that and then like literally halfway through the game an even bigger bad shows up
0: spoiler alert guys for this game that came out in what like Nineteen, like two thousand one, or what? It when did Halo come like,
1: out? I don't know. It's like almost twenty years old. Halo, C.
0: November fifteenth, two thousand one.
1: Yeah, it is literally almost nineteen years old.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Goddamn. But oh yeah, because you get an achievement for playing it on the fifteenth of a month. Yes. So, so the reason I thought that was is because, uh. Oh, Halo Reach is uh, it was released on the fourteenth. Okay, of, yeah. of of September. Okay, uh,
1: each there's an achievement that coincides with every game for playing it on the the a day of that or that day of any month.
0: So I'm not gonna lie, I thought there was a lore reason for it.
1: No, it is entirely the release.
0: So and the reason I thought there was a re- lore reason is because I thought they dated it so that Halo, like the events of Halo Reach, happened on like the fourteenth, and then you got off and it took place the next day on the fifteenth.
1: Uh, unfortunately, no. the 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 timeline between Halo Reach and Halo CE is actually like multiple weeks.
0: Is it? Oh, I suppose they made that jump yep. and then everything's like all dicked up. Yeah. but slip okay. slip
1: space travel is faster than light. It is not instantaneous. Okay. There is travel time that goes on. So okay.
0: All right. So sorry, I'm interrupting your thoughts with my asinine Halo things, but okay. It's
1: all good. <laughs> All right. So, th- so then we have the right, right in the middle, the uh, the actual big bad of like the true big bad of the series actually shows up.
0: I mean, it's been nineteen years. Uh, yeah. It's which it's the is friggin' the, flood. Yeah. Like it, it is,
1: it is the flood, right? The, the flood show up. up, and suddenly the entire game changes. It's no longer what. <laughs> yeah, for, it's so much nicer fighting flood than fighting covenant. Yeah, <laughs> they're so one dimensional. You know what they're going to do they're going to run at you and punch you in the face
0: and you shoot them with a shotgun and they fall <laughs> over and then sometimes they get back up and you shoot them again and they fall over yeah. Easy, like we can handle this <laughs>
1: <laughs> so and you mentioned how it's like it's just like this massive swerve and a lot of people who probably play halo Sea for the first time or just have a general idea of halo don't realize that the flood are the true big baddies Everyone, everyone's knowledge of Halo is oh, you're fighting aliens. Aliens are the yeah. problem, you know. You have to actually play the game or do some of the other things going on in like, the background like the books and stuff to know if the Flood even exists because like, on the actual Halo release book, or not book well, I actually did not have a book when it came out like, but on the actual physical Xbox game plastic release there's no hmm. reference to the Flood. Yeah, It's just you versus aliens. Mm-hmm. And, like, the entire story of Halo basically revolves around the fact that the Flood are there. Like, the Halos mm-hmm. exist because of the Flood. Yeah, And it's like this massive huge thing of, like, game lore and why something exists and why it's there that... And it just drastically changes the game for people who don't actually realize it. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting from that point. But, um... The whole, the whole, my whole topic idea for this episode comes down to like the importance of game lore in games for games actually being enjoyable. Because let's be completely honest, solitaire gets real boring real fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm someone who actually
1: enjoys playing solitaire. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I mean, like, so here's the example I can think of. And I know this wasn't the first, but this, this game. I think defined an entire genre and created the modern game that we had. I think Halo would not exist without it uh, because of how it was built and because of how it took lore and made it matter. And that is half-life the original half-life. It was one of the first 3d first person shooter games that had like a really easy to follow progressive storyline that happened as you were playing the game. Yep. Whereas, like, if you think about something like Doom, like the original Doom, like there was air quotes lore to it, but it's like, yeah, there's demons on Pluto. Go kill them.
1: <laughs> I like, believe it was technically Mars, not Pluto.
0: It was. It was. I'm. Um, uh, or was was it Pluto Hobos, in the original? Actually, it was one of the moon. It was a moon of somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, right. I don't know. You go to hell. You shoot demons, and yeah, that's but... basically what it is. All right. Yeah, but, that was like you know, like that was that was how games were. Like Wolfenstein, you know, like there was a story, air quotes, but it wasn't like the story didn't progress during the game. If that makes sense. Yeah, but
1: like, what's the story of this game? Killing yeah, Nazis.
0: Yeah, so like the story of Wolfenstein, it's like okay, you uh, you know, you're imprisoned here, and you have to get out and kill these Nazis and kill Hitler. Or like with Spear of Destiny, it's like you have to kill. I don't remember who that final boss was, but Mecha Hitler or some shit um i'm not joking (laughs) but like and you have to get out and stop them from getting the spear of destiny so they destroy the world or whatever it is but like nothing changed during the game no you know if that makes sense it wasn't like like half-life had that sort of thing too where it's like you start out the game and you're like ah i'm a scientist this is sweet oops i screwed up aliens you know from another dimension you kill aliens from another dimension all of a sudden Friggin' Marines show up and are trying to kill you because they're trying to contain the whole thing. Like, I mean, that's kind of a swerve too. Like when that happened, mm-hmm. you know. And and then you're going through this whole thing. So like, I mean, that that was huge, dude. Like, and I don't think games like Halo or any of the modern shooters would really exist in the in the way that they do now without Halo, without Half Life first paving the way.
1: I mean, probably. It depends on how long they were making Halo. Because I know Half-Life came out, what, three years before Halo?
0: Uh, Half-Life came out in, like, 1995,
1: dude. I think it was 98 when I looked it up. Half-Life.
0: I'm looking right now.
1: Uh, uh, 98, you're right. Yeah, 98. So three years. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it is very it is very possible that at least the fact that Halo even had a story, like, I don't know how this, long... This
0: influenced a lot. This, yeah. this, I know Half-Life influenced a lot of games
1: yeah it's very easy for someone to just like make a game engine and be like this is just going to be a shooter and you're going to shoot oh, oh. aliens
0: well, like Quake, then, you know yeah <laughs> um, and then
1: they're like well this game would had a really had a story and people seem to really like latch on to that what if we yeah. do the same thing mm-hmm. it's like you can actually have a story in your first person shooters and people actually get into, into it like they're Like, obviously, Halo is most known for its multiplayer. There is a very, very large Halo community that is there just for the lore. I am one of them. (laughs) Which
0: is absurd.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. The lore is great, and you shut up.
0: (laughs) Uh, Whatever. To to each their own. Like, like people, people who play the Halo games for the single player are like... You know it's it's like the people who play the call of duty games for the single player. like they're they're unicorns pretty much is what it feels like, but
1: that also that's also a category that I fall under Oh, so. me
0: too. like I remember <laughs> like, yeah, we were like one of the few people who went and actually like we super excited to play like uh, Modern Warfare Two or something like that mm-hmm. for the single player campaign. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're gonna get in front of multiple. I'm like, oh, dude. What about the campaign? And people are like, "What? It has a campaign."
1: <laughs> See, that's that's the funny thing. Is like, I feel as if I don't know if it it, it literally just like a the very very non vocal minority that enjoy playing games for their campaign, or if it if it's just it actually is in the modern age, people just more care about the competitive aspect. I, I think mean, more people do that way is what it is, but it is. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, it's it's. It's probably a very. It could easily be a very very similar thing to Magic, where it, you know, the vocal minority, the
0: silent are, people, yeah.
1: are the competitive people, but the majority mm-hmm. who never say anything are the non-competitive people.
0: You you don't get the like random random casual going onto the forums complaining about the balance of something in the single-player campaign. No, they just it, they either get through it or they die over and over and give up like. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And I mean, and when, it comes to, when it comes to a multiplayer game, if we're being completely honest, competitive multiplayer games are basically a dime a dozen. Yeah. It is very, very easy to make a competitive, relatively well-balanced multiplayer experience. It is a lot harder to make a story that makes sense and has like a natural progression through it where you actually feel like you're achieving something as you do it. Mm-hmm. And have people actually want to play it. Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. you can have a game like Superhot, which is basically a weird, slow-mo, first-person shooter. And people will play, like, I played the, I played the, the beta of it, because I thought the beta was cool. But even that probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal if it didn't end up having an actual story that went on with the game. And that see, kind of see that
0: game was built on mechanics, is my thought. It, was, like, that's it how, was. That's how it was sold.
1: It was. It was built entirely on mechanics. But there is an actual story in it, which is the insane thing. <laughs>
2: hmm.
1: Like, it's not just people just putting out levels and being like, oh, this is a thing that's going on. Like, there's actual stuff that goes on into it. And a lot of people actually talk about how, you know, it's not just the missions and super hot, it's the story going on that's actually really interesting, also, which is mm-hmm. kind of mind boggling to me. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, I mean, like, that's a big thing. Like, a big thing right now with games is, like, implied story. Yes. Like, you know, if you think about all, like, there's tons of people, like, who, or, like, really obscure, like, this, have the story really obscured and almost ARG-esque, you know, like, where you have to find it outside of the game. Like, those are kind of the big things for, you know, for, like, was I, I, I think the trend is kind of fading, but that was a huge trend for for a period of time
1: it was and i was i was not a fan of that trend personally i don't
0: i personally don't like it either um i, I feel like it's gimmicky and whatever yeah. but i don't know like it's interesting when you look at some of the concepts like you know it, it breaking that fourth wall in some ways is kind of interesting mm-hmm. but like i don't know it's i think in a lot of ways it's not what i'm looking for yeah. and experience a lot of times, like I think I, th- for, I think I could see it a couple times and be like, oh, ha-ha, there we go, and then yeah. move on. I
1: don't I don't have a desire to play a game just to have to go on a website and learn the background of the game, right? Like at that point, why am I not just going on the back on the website and learning the background of the game? It is much like I don't play I don't play um, tabletop RPGs because I enjoy the number crunch of combat. I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy the interactions and the story that goes on in an RPG. I don't play m- games for their mechanics. I usually play them for the story, or because I want to play a certain style of game, and mm-hmm. then I need to find something that has a good story that goes with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, like like obviously mechanics matter to some degree because if you have something that's you know really clunky and horrible to even like deal with, like oh yeah, it's gonna like, turn you away the story would have to be really frigging good to like pull you in. Oh yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a game that was just absolutely like awful to play, but the story was good enough that I'm just like, Oh yeah, I'll play this. Like, I mean, I, I can't think of one.
1: I've played the game hard reset, which is like a, it's a, it's a throwback to old school shooters where you have two guns, but each gun can turn into like three different guns. Okay. So it's, it's very, um, Like old school Duke Nukem and Doom esque like that, Mm -hmm. and I realized that I just I didn't necessarily enjoy playing the levels because they all just seemed like a big slog. Even though I was kind of enjoying the story, I just couldn't bring myself to keep playing them because you're fighting robots, and the the, every robot is a bullet sponge because every robot is made out of metal. So yeah, right. And you know, it's like I was enjoying where the story was going, but I just couldn't keep playing it because the mechanics weren't there. So, obviously, like story can't carry everything. mechanics uh-huh. can't carry everything. You need a mesh okay. of the two. i
0: don't I don't know if you need it. I think it really depends on what you are going for because, like, here's the here's the deal. I don't play Mario Maker for the lore. Like fair. that is, like I play platformers for a purely mechanical experience. That is like, fair, uh, you know, and and I know I know that for a fact and everything. But, like, you know, uh, but I can think of like, like to the moon. When I think of that, like, I didn't play that game for the mechanics, <laughs> yeah, because there basically were none. Um, yep. like that was pure pure lore and everything. So, like, I think it depends really how far you go on either spectrum. Like, if you, I, I think you have to have. I mean, one of the things reasons that Mario is so good is because the platforming is probably some of the the tightest and best platforming out there, like. You know, yeah. like, and, and that goes a long way.
1: And obviously the more, I don't want to say Mario is simplistic, but like from a game mechanic standpoint, it is, you basically just jump. The more simplistic your game gets, <laughs> the less, yeah. the less you necessarily need a story to carry it as just like mm-hmm. an experience in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I like mean... you said, the, the lore of Mario is very, very simple. Yeah, well it's, it's
0: actually not but like if if you pay attention to stuff like i think there's like way more in i don't care about that like like uh, literally it's like mario i'm I'm jumping on things and that's what i want to do i don't care what they are yeah um but like i i think about when you talk about the mechanical things and stuff like that but like and this is kind of fair because it's not a single player experience it's a competitive experience but like i remember people talked about rocket league yeah and like basically they like to the the as a design, it, it felt like the devs were like, we're going to do this one thing, but we're going to make it the best thing it possibly can be and put so much time into that that it worked. You know, and I feel like Mario has that s- to some degree, too. Like, possibly. They, where they're just like, alright, we're going to make a platformer and it's going to be the tightest platformer you ever have. Like, you know, I feel like uh, Mario 64 was like that, too. And actually, I heard a piece of trivia that basically they spent like the first build they had of the game was Mario in a like a blank void, and they literally spent like um like a number of months just tuning movement in that space before designing a level.
1: I mean, that's not terribly surprising.
0: Yeah, because just... considering the movement in that game is ridiculously good, but yeah, for a, especially for a game from that era, like yeah, but yeah, so like. I don't know, like, I feel like you have to go to, like, that level of mechanical, t- like, in tune to make lore not matter. I think it's so, much it's much harder to carry a game with pure mechanic. And even, even those get ga- even, like, Mario is, is using lore in some capacity to carry the game a little bit.
1: No, it, like, Mario isn't using in-game lore in so much as using the nostalgic lore of the game.
0: I mean, well, so here's the deal. Like, it, suppose it's like, you know, late 80s, you, you hook up your Nintendo to your CRT and fire it up and stuff like that. Like, you know, when when I was a kid, we'll say, so we'll say early 90s instead. Like, and you know, I'm playing Mario like, I I have no nostalgia for it. Like, this is brand new pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm playing it because it's a good experience. But like, I think some of the stuff that's carried with it is actually just the aesthetic of it more so than the nostalgia of it.
1: Well, I'm just thinking, like, in the modern age, if Mario was never made, Mm -hmm. you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, when it actually came out and, like, was, like, what part of the the big selling point for a lot of stuff, if it was never made, if someone just came out, like, this year, and they're like, I came out with this game, it's called, you know, Super Mario, you're a plumber, you're going to, it's just a, pl- it's purely a platformer. Yeah. Would the game be as, as successful as it is?
0: That's, see, so here's the thing, that's hard to say, like.
1: That's the thing, I feel yeah. like a lot of, a lot of the games that to this day are still considered very, very high quality games are that way, because obviously way back when, you know, the original NES, not the most powerful piece of hardware. You no. can't do that much with it. As oh. a result <laughs> yeah. as a result, I'm sure you're you're like, well actually you can like totally run a run a thing on it or whatever. You but... can do a
0: lot of you can do a lot of crazy crap with it, but you don't have a lot of juice behind it. Yeah. It's not yeah. a powerful machine.
1: So as a result of that, like you almost needed to to have your game stand out, it had to be a good mechanical experience to make people want to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as times have evolved, people were like, "Well, we can actually can do a lot more with this than we could before." and that's where like, the actual stories and all that stuff started popping out.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, so think about like go go back earlier, you know pong. like I, to some degree, like that was a mechanical experience mm-hmm. but like, so here's the thing though, there's some amount of lore with that, too, though, like naming the game pong. Gives you gives you an impression of something. It gives it gives you a feeling of what to expect.
1: I never really thought about that, but I guess it does.
0: I mean, it's like yeah, I, like as ridiculous as that sounds, as ridiculously simple as the game is. But like you know, even it, it it's funny because I go back and I think I'm thinking of old games and stuff that you know that I've played and stuff like that, and some of them are are really good. Maybe there's not a lot of really good mechanical experiences, but like you know, I'm thinking like Zork. Like that was I don't I don't necessarily believe that was a good mechanical experience, but I think it was a good lore experience.
1: So there was I I used my mom when I was younger bought me this little handheld Atari thing. It was like an Atari throwback you just plug into your TV and you okay. can play like a selection of games, right? Yeah. One of those games on there was called Adventure. Mm -hmm. and it was done it was like barely better graphics than pong for all (laughs) all that tells you so you were a square literally a square that was your sprite Mm -hmm. and you could pick up and carry one item at a time and the items were stringed throughout the level and what you had to do is you had to find them and get through the the level get through the level once you got inside you could like i don't remember what the hell you did to win but you somehow won so, they actually had a key sprite, and there was, I remember on like the first level, there was two dragons. The only way to kill the dragon was to pick up the arrow, and you had to stab the dragons with the arrow. And it was like, in this, you literally, your, your cube, the dragon sprite was like, you could tell it was a dragon, but just barely, the arrow was just like a sideways stick with two little lines yeah. making yeah. the points. The actual key, the key was just a circle with a line going up out of it and then like two little prongs, right? That yeah. was a basic sprite yeah. key you can imagine. And like I said, you were a square. Mm-hmm. and like, But you still have like this whole big thing going on. It's like, well, you're clearly trying to get inside the castle to do something because it's guarded by dragons. I mean, that's got to mean something, right? <laughs> And, you know, like, the key, was, the key was, you know, protected by two dragons. So, like, you have to, like, fight through to get the key. You know, you have to kill the dragons, you have to grab the key, and, like, by grabbing the key, you're giving up your weapons, you have to hope there's going to be no more enemies, you unlock the door, and you go into the castle. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened after that. I don't remember it was literally that short of a game. Or I, if I just never got past the second level. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. but...
0: <laughs> uh...
1: For some reason, I'm thinking of that when we're talking about old ass games that Yeah,
0: I mean like that's kind of where I'm where I'm at though. So what what kind of experience was that though? Was that a mixture? Or was that was that completely carried by flavor?
1: I think that was like personally that was carried by flavor.
0: See that's where I would lean to just thinking about it.
1: Yeah like there was no there the the mechanics of the game were pick up the right item and poke the blob. Yeah. (laughs) Pick up the right item, poke the correct blob. Mm-hmm. ridiculously simple from a mechanical standpoint. You know, this this is a console that you got to go up, down, left, right. I think you could actually add eight points of movements.
0: I think the Atari had a had a yeah. joystick, so
1: yeah, it, it had eight points of movement, and you had a single button you could press.
0: Yep, because so, that was very similar to the um, uh, we had a a Tandy Color Computer, and that right. that ran some of those games kind of things, but so. Yeah, like, man, I don't know.
1: I feel I feel like my story just like completely derailed us. I don't remember what you were talking about. <laughs>
0: I don't I, like. I'm just looking back because I was thinking, like, as I said, like Zork, I'm like that was obviously a complete flavor experience and stuff like mm. that. Like, you know, I, and I'm like thinking about these games and like what is carrying the game forward and everything, and I wonder how many people stop and go, or I'm like, are, are stopping, think are that. Consciously go. Am I making a mechanical experience or am I making a, uh, lore experience? You know, Uh and like I think you. I think ideally you want to mix the two because I think some of the best games probably that have been made are a mixture of the two. Yeah, um, I
1: I definitely think so.
0: But I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what Chrono Trigger is. But like, it has some mechanical aspects that make it great. But honestly, it's more of a. I would I would put it in the lore camp because it's not it's it, it's the the story of the game and how you feel about the game that drives you forward. But yeah,
1: I mean, I, I, one of my what I consider one of the greatest gaming experiences ever is Bioshock, and that yep. is entirely because of lore.
0: I mean, it's a it's a completely middling shooter, it's, honestly. Yeah,
1: as a shooter, it was okay. It was fine. Like it was it totally do, acceptable. It, it didn't do anything badly. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, that's not why you did it.
0: Yeah, you didn't do that. It's like, I mean, you know, I didn't play through Spec Ops Align because it was a great shooter. Oh, like, yeah.
1: You want to talk about a middling shooter? That is a perfect example.
0: That is like a completely middling shooter. But, like, honestly, I, I really enjoyed the, um. Uh, well, enjoyed may not be the correct term. But um, uh, I really appreciated experiencing the, the storyline of that game and kind of the, the point it was trying to make to some degree. Uh, even if it was a little fourth wall breaky in some ways, but
1: yeah, <laughs> some I ways. The entire, I mean, like the entire end,
0: the entire end, the the entire game just being like you can quit at any time. Like, <laughs> yep. But, uh, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I'm. Uh, yeah, I keep piecing games and stuff like that. Like now, I, now I wonder is so. Have you played Mist? You never have? Oh, okay. I have read the books. Yeah. Oh, I made you read the books.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The books are actually pretty good.
0: I really like the books, actually. Um I'm wondering if the game, the original game, is actually is a is mechanical or if it's lore. Because like there's a lot of like lore and feel to the game. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's a puzzle game
2: so the mechanics are puzzles in it like
0: so it's it almost it almost melds the two in such a perfect way if that makes sense yeah like you know it, it's it's exactly it's almost exactly where you want to be where you can't separate the two almost in some ways like you have this like flavor on top of the puzzles but you need that flavor to make the puzzles work and yep. if you strip that away, the puzzles don't work anymore. Like it's, I don't know, it's, I don't know. That game was really unique and is also one of those games where it's like, you know, any of those games where you where the goal of the game isn't to go and stab somebody in the face, like, or not get stabbed in the face, like it's just kind of intriguing if that makes sense.
1: Like, it's very. It's a lot I, just, of e- I feel yeah. like it's. It is easier to make a game that is built around the combat mechanic in general. Well, like, a, a very, very generalized about, thing.
0: We said this about RPGs before, though, too, but, like, a story requires conflict of some sort. Yes. And what is the easiest form of conflict to deal with? Well, physical conflict. Yes. You know, like, it's just, it's such an easy, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, you know? Like, dealing with a personal conflict or, like, an existential conflict or, you know, like, Something like that is is much harder to, to get somebody to care about in the same way. I feel like, you know, and like, Miss does it in such a weird way, where they literally just drop you into the game, like, and you know, you you go and they actually had to add something to give you a direction to move you forward because people had no idea what to do. So when you dropped into the game, you go into this one room that's kind of like right next to the start, and there's like this uh, hologram thing that they talk that talks at you and is like, "Hey, this is what's going kind of like basically it's kind of like this is what's going on Mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, Actually, it's talking to another person, but you're there listening, and you're like, "Hey, I probably can get out of here now." Um, But like, I don't know. It's it's so it's so weird because the game doesn't give you a character if that makes sense.
2: You're just kind of like uh, I was
0: watching a post mortem on the game actually and stuff like that, uh where one of the creators was talking about it and they said that was very intentional. They're like, well who is the character of the main character of the game? They're like, well it's it's you, the person sitting in front of the computer playing the game. Like we're not we don't want to impose any anything on top of that. Which I think is a really weird decision for the game, but I think ultimately was a decent one.
1: I mean, that's something that a lot of people... A lot of people actually try and do that with a game. I don't know if they do it anymore, but I know they did do it for a while. Where the character you played in a game was intentionally as bland as possible.
0: But that's so you can can impress something on on the person, if that makes sense. Yeah, isn't that what they're basically implying? But the the thing is, is, there's always a role. There's something assumed in that thing. Where you come from, something like uh, SimCity. Let's take. Mm. So that game has like no lore. Basically, it's basically completely mechanical. But with the way the game is presented and and built, there's the impression that you are a a, a person that should be in this position. If that makes sense. In the civilization games, you're expected to be a world leader of some kind. Yeah. And actually, you end up taking on—I suppose you end up taking on the world leaders and stuff like that. But like, you're you're expected to be a person in a in a position of power to make these decisions, you know, like a mayor or whatever. Yeah. Like in in Mist, they go they almost go out of their way to not give any of those impressions, even even the implied ones, to your character.
1: They're just like you are a blank slate
0: you are you are you is what it's almost trying to say like it's 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 interesting like i i don't know it's it's so different from almost every other game i played like how they try to disconnect that and everything and, as I said that, and they said that was very intentional trying to like that we want the we want the the character in the game to be the player sitting at the thing and i think that actually works for mist because There's a lot of games that if you play them, you, based on the role you're playing in the game, hence role playing game, I guess, not necessarily even with the role playing games, but like you put your, you you frame the game in a way to play it as that character to some degree, even slightly biasing things. Mm -hmm. And Myst, I feel like you have the complete freedom to play the game as you. I don't know. Would, that, maybe I'm maybe I'm breaking stuff down way too, too much. <laughs> I would
1: say, would that doesn't that mean that the game isn't as story driven? Then
0: I'm that not sure. Mostly, mechanical? the thing though is there there is a story there, and the story is pushing things. Uh huh. But like, and maybe it is more mechanical in some ways. Like
1: but, the story is pushing things, but the but you as a person have no impact on said story.
0: I mean, you have an impact on the story. But, like, you're, you're not I per- I don't even know how to say it. Like, it, just the, the way it was, is presented just feels so different than a lot of things, you know? I don't but know. It, 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 I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just get off that train, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Lore's weird.
1: Lore is weird, but I greatly enjoy lore, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've 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 come become a big fan fan of the lore heavy like the gentler games, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like as I said, like To the Moon is still one of my favorite games of all time right now. Uh, like, and that's all just a story, you know. But you know, not that I don't like going and shooting aliens in the head and stuff too, but.
1: Yeah. There's a the amount of catharsis behind it.
0: Yeah, there really is, but uh, like, the thing that just gets me about Halo still, I'm gonna just going to bring this full circle all the way back, is that like how different the game feels between when you're fighting Covenant and when you're fighting Flood.
1: They are two very different.
0: As yeah, I've said, like, I, I, I feel like I'm playing Doom when I'm, when I'm fighting the Flood.
1: Do you do you notice anything at all when you're fighting sentinels? No, they're just kind of like there, right?
0: It feels, it's fun, it's funny. Um, like now that I think about it, when you mention it, like because I was gonna describe like how it feels to fight them, but I- I'm just picturing the whole thing now. Like every like every enemy, the design of the enemy. F- feels the way you fight them. Yeah. Like the like the flood feel very frantic and go 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 sort of thing, you know, it's like it, it's it's this wave upon wave and that how that's how it feels when you're fighting you feel like you're just you know, rip and tear kind of thing and everything mm-hmm. like that. The Sentinels when you fight them it feels very mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> like cuz it's like, all right, plasma pistol. That one's down. That one's down. That was and 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 it's almost very calculated movements and everything. There's no it's it doesn't feel organic fighting them in a weird way. It feels mechanical.
1: Yeah, they did they did very interesting things when it comes to the actual design of the different quotation armies. They're technically yeah. aren't an army, you don't fight enough of them, but you, you fight them. Yeah, like, so. like the Flood live up to their name. They're just yeah. an endless, you know, wave coming at mm-hmm. you and you have to deal with them accordingly you have to ride that wave (laughs) usually with endless shotgun rounds yeah yeah the covenants do feel like different aliens like you fighting different things fighting the different races of the covenant all require a different skill set
0: yeah it really does
1: like, jackals are about getting around their shield and shooting them in the head. Elites are about getting through their shield and shooting them in the head. And grunts are about shooting them in the
0: head. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically,
1: that's... everything is about shooting them in the
0: head. I mean, the like, that, the game is about shooting things in the head. That is yeah. 100% true. Uh, but, you know, but... E-
1: even, even grunts, you know, even being... The actual grunts—the easiest thing to kill in the game. Even they have their own little like quirks that you can sometimes have to deal with, you know. Yeah. Like in Reach, they—if you kill all the elites around them, they might randomly turn into suicide bombers. Yeah. Happens. Happens. Not pleasant. (laughs) It's actually a mechanical thing that you take advantage of in CE, where grunts do just kind of go crazy if their hierarchy is. Is eliminated if you there's mm-hmm. a group of a pretty decent group of grunts actually, that if you kill the elite, all the grunts run away from you.
0: Yeah, they just freak out and run away.
1: Like that's just a thing that grunts do. Like that is a mechanic you can take advantage of. If you mm-hmm. stick a grunt with a plasma grenade, you have a fifty fifty shot, they're just gonna run into their group of other grunts. Yep. Sometimes higher than fifty fifty, it seems like.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> like, just I feel like they just freak out and are like, we
1: hey, go! But it's like it's like oh my god, get it off of me! And it's like get the hell away from me, please! You're going to explode. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. You,
1: you know, like there's all this, there's all these different mechanics you have to learn for everything. And like then, like you said with the with the sentinels, like they're they are dangerous. Yes. Oh yeah, they are. You know, but it is very, it is much simpler. It's like all right, take plasma pistol, overcharge, kill. The yeah. You know, if you so. don't have a plasma pistol, use a plasma rifle because they're weak to plasma based attacks. They don't take a lot of damage from evil weapons.
0: No. No. They don't fall so. over when I hit them with a shotgun.
1: You have to hit them like three or four times with a shotgun. I don't like things that don't fall range. over when I hit them with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me sad. God, the shotgun is so much better in CE than it is in Reach.
0: Like. Like everything about like I keep every t- time we've been playing C, I'm like God. I wish I was playing Reach, except yep. when I have a shotgun,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, I wish I had this in Reach. Oh man,
0: like but, that is the one thing I wish. I'm like God. This is so good. Why couldn't I have this? <laughs>
1: like, and it's even good against the Covenant. Who it's it's like the, there's a reason why they don't give you a shotgun until you're fighting the Flood. It is meant to fight the Flood. It yeah. is very, very good at that exact purpose.
0: Yep. It's not
1: as good against the Covenant. still good.
0: Oh, it's still good. I'll noob (laughs) combo with that all day.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, unshielded elite's still gonna die to a close-range blast from it, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, there's been multiple multiple levels where i run that in a plasma pistol, and like, I'll I'll just, like, hit him with that and be running at him with a shotgun. (laughs) But,
2: yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Basically, the mechanical and lore aspects of Halo work really, really well together.
0: They do. Actually, it does. That's my story. As much as I don't like the game. Not <laughs> <laughs> as much as I don't <laughs> like the game for having... Uh, How many
1: hours have you put into the...
0: Into the game so far? Yeah. Only 69. Nice. Only,
1: si- only 69 hours in the Master Chief Collection?
0: 69.4, yeah.
1: I'm at 145.9. Yeah. To be fair, I have also beaten every single campaign solo by myself.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> I've actually played a lot of Firefight. Because yeah. I want it to look awesome in Reach that we will never play again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, <laughs> my, my highest gameplay time on Steam is 517 hours. I don't
1: know what mine is. Like, obviously, as of right now, my highest is Halo Wars. Yeah, It beat Halo, or it's not Halo Wars, Halo, MCC. Uh, it, it just recently beat out Terraria, which was at 130, apparently.
0: My Terraria is... 5th on mine. On my list. It,
1: yeah, you've actually played Terraria more than me, which I was mildly surprised. Five hours. <laughs> I was mildly surprised by that, because I did play a lot of Terraria by myself. Uh,
0: I did, too. Yeah. My, 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 top ga- my top game is actually Fallout 4, at 517 hours. Jesus Christ. Yep. Apparently, I have 415 hours in Skyrim.
2: <laughs> I'm at 38.8.
0: In Skyrim?
2: Yep. I almost started playing
1: Skyrim instead of installing Neverwinter.
0: Hmm. Almost. You could learn the speedrun, man. Could. And then all that sweet lore you could just forget about. Because you skipped 90% of it.
1: I'll stick with my learning how to speedrun halos.
0: So here's the deal though, like completely off topic. I feel like the Skyrim speedrun is like the perfect speedrun. Why? Like like the non horse tilt route. So it's a run that require like it's a run with without a lot of like complete hard stop failure points. Uh-huh. Like there's a lot like you can screw up a bunch and still finish the run. I think that's a good thing. It's not like oh I have to reset because I missed this one thing. Uh-huh. Um two there's a lot of tricks in it. Or there's a number of tricks in it. None of them are like way too hard to pull off, Um, and they're really cool looking. There's like one that is like stupid. There's one that you have to do twice that I think is like kind of like it's it's hard enough to where it's like it's kind of the gatekeeper for the run, but it's not like remotely frame perfect or anything. It's just it's a fairly tight window, Um, and you only you have to do it twice in the run. That's the Lord warping um and three a lot of the tricks or there's a lot of things too where there's like strats that you can do that there's either backups for or you can you can do something different to get by them and i think that's cool and also the run being only about like if you like the world record is like under half an hour i think that uses tilts which is absurd i think there was a tiltless route that was under half an hour um but, like, if you're, like, not very good like me, you can you can do it in about an hour. And I think that's, like, a good range of time.
1: I mean, that's... That is, uh... Gen 1 Pokemon is basically right? the same thing. Yeah. Gen, like, Gen 1 Poke. I think my... I think if I actually tried to do it for real, Mm-hmm. I obviously have to I'd have to relearn a lot of the shit, but if I actually yeah. tried doing it for reals, I could probably do it in under two hours, you see.
0: Yeah. I don't remember like, what my actual time was. I think like my, I think uh, my my best time in Skyrim was like fifty-four, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um I'm like trying to remember now, I'm actually going to my YouTube channel to look, but uh it's like the first video I ever uploaded. Yeah, fifty four oh three IGT. Yeah, so, uh, was my best time, and like I feel like that's like a good run, and it's like, as I said, it you can optimize a lot to bring the time down a lot, but like you can finish your runs, uh-huh. and I think that's important for like people being able to like have confidence in themselves with it. Like, I think not. I think if you if you do like a speed run and you're like uh, I, I can't finish. It. I just keep dying and game overing, like, or um, it's just like you hit a spot where you miss a trick and it's like, well, I can't get through. Reset the reset the run, like those suck. Yeah, because you know? so, it's like the only other game I've ever like actually speed ran um, with any intent was like uh, uh Super Mario World, and that one has a lot of backups too, which is nice. I I did uh the Not the actual, not the actual any percent, but like the start road route. I can't remember how many exits that is, but it's like 11 exits or something. Um, but like that one has a lot of backups you can do too, to some degree. And like your biggest concern is dying enough to where you get a game over and have to restart. (laughs) But you know, you can kind of just like play through that route casually too, as fast as you can, and like get it. And I think like stuff like that where it's like super accessible to just finish the run is like super important. Like my speed run did not get the cloud skip that you need to get to like optimize things or mm-hmm. the orb, um,
1: but it didn't cost it, you like an hour.
0: No, it doesn't. It's like I f- I think my time was like fifteen something. Yeah. So like, which is it? Which is a good amount of time. But it, that one took me a lot more practice than Skyrim did. I feel like to finish a run. But I don't know. I, sorry, I kind of got a, way off on a tangent there.
1: I mean, I mean, it's the your tangent is still like related to things because i was yeah. going to say well, that's one of the things that i actually really like about um reach specifically in regards to um quotations speech running it is the fact that we a lot of the stuff that you do doesn't require fancy weird tricks that if you do it wrong you break the game right like yeah not one very of my...
0: very few things yeah
1: yeah, like that is one of my biggest concerns of CE where to <laughs> Yeah. To do some things you literally need to glitch up and bounce. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: it's complicated as to where like, alright, so for nightfall, which yeah. has a par time of like ten minutes, and yeah. we did it in sub five. Yeah, four fifty-nine, heck yeah. <laughs> like if worse comes to worst we could still do Nightfall without glitching through the wall.
0: Yeah, you could. It just makes it like that much easier.
1: It makes it so much easier. And even then, the actual setup for glitching through the wall, your fail your fail state of doing that wrong is you get back in the forklift.
0: Yeah, it's not like super hard, you know. It's not like uh like like Pillar of Autumn I was worried about before we realized, hey, we don't need to do this because we actually did all the other levels fast enough. Yeah, we um,
1: just need to Get through it. That was our entire purpose. Yeah.
0: And we did that easy peasy. But like the mass driver thing and stuff like that, that I like the mass driver jumps that I learned, mm-hmm. um, like those were like I was concerned about those because those were kind of like stupid human trick kind of things, you know. And uh, like they're a little futzier. Like it, they didn't take long to learn actually. No. Uh, I figured them out pretty quick, but it still is like, man, like ugh, some of those like really weird tricks are. Not ideal for speedruns to some degree. And that's why I say there's like one gatekeeper in the Skyrim speedrun, and that's the load warp trick. Like all the other tricks are super accessible for the most part, in my opinion. Like even flying on a bucket and the, and the uh, clipping through the walls with plates and stuff is like, yeah, not that bad. But even though the tilt route now does not use YOLO bucket, which makes me sad. Because that, that is literally the reason I got into Skyrim speedrunning.
1: I mean, that just means that you don't, uh, you don't run, you don't, it's kind of like how when I did Gen 1, I did Mm -hmm. blue instead of red, because I wanted to do the Squirtle route instead of the Nidoran route.
0: Yeah, you didn't want to have to do the Manips and everything.
1: I didn't want to have to do the Manips, and it's a difference of like a few minutes. Yeah. And I'm not going for world record. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to speed run the game with a Squirtle, and I did, and it was awesome. (laughs) Right. I greatly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And then I got to leverage my knowledge of the game over you and beat you in a race.
0: Yeah. Here's the deal. I would have done a lot better if I had understood the Elite Four.
1: The fact that your goal is to do it with a single Pokemon, thus your PP management is super important.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that. In...
1: In my defense for not informing you of that, I did get lucky. I went out of yeah. my way to find elixirs. I went out of my way to check every item just in case the item ended up being super useful. Because I had I had a goal in mind which was to eventually catch a Starmie and just make yeah. it super, super powered. I never yeah. found a Starmie. Instead I yeah. I used Dug Trio because awesome. Yeah. My my YOLO ball to Dug Trio that because Dig is a one hundred power move in gen one. So I just steamrolled everything. Yep. Couldn't beat the Pidgey to save my life, but I could kill anything
0: else. Yeah, right. Like, but, I, like I feel like that was the big thing that really crushed me. Is like I didn't realize how important those were. Yeah. Uh, and if I would have known that, that would have changed a lot. But
1: yeah, the and the only reason why I even knew they were important is because in the actual in the speed run proper, you actually do get like three if three between elixirs and whatever the other one's called ethers mm-hmm. you get like three total just so you can basically keep fissuring your way through the level yeah exactly
0: <laughs> like, but like i i didn't even think about that as being a problem because mm-hmm. you know when i play it casually you, you scrape the whole world clean of everything and have a bunch of stuff
1: yeah, you scrape the whole world clean, you go in there with six Pokemon that probably outlevel the Elite Four by like 10 levels, and you never run out of PP, because whenever they switch Pokemon, you just switch to the Pokemon that's good against them. So you and, and just
0: everything. step on their neck, yeah. So, so
1: As to where, you know, I'm going in there, it's like, alright, please don't have a Pidgeot, I'm just going to try and Earthquake everything.
0: <laughs> I love it, Pidgeot is like your biggest fear, not... <laughs>
1: I mean, my only answer to a Pidgeot was Rock Slide, and Rock Slide is only eighty-five percent accurate.
0: Yeah, so yeah.
1: Bad things could happen.
0: It could <laughs> be not good for you. But
1: <laughs> I actually, I actually screwed that up when I was doing the rival fight on my actual speed run through it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I because I was reading the guide, and the guide's like, "Oh, Fisher, everything." So I just kept mm-hmm. clicking Fisher, forgetting that the rival had a Pidgeot. Oh man! So I ended up wasting a fissure because it missed. I was able to kill the Pidgeot, but then I had to. I ended up having to surf. I don't remember. Does he have a ride on? Is that what it was? I had to surf. I I had to surf something because I wouldn't. I wasn't going to have enough fissures to kill everything. As a result of the Pidgeot existing. Funny. So, my guy had lied to me.
0: Oh well. Uh, but All right. We, we rambled on about nothing for long enough, I think, right?
1: Success was, success was had.
0: More proof. We can talk about anything. Uh, but yeah, if anybody wants to comment on anything, shoot us some feedback, send an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com or Twitter at the local meta PC, or even better yet, go to thelocalmeta.com. Go to the links. Click on the link for the Discord. Come say hi. Tell us how wrong we are. Tell us what your Pokedex would look like. And <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Uh, we have a Patreon out there, patreon.com slash the locometa. Cool. Anything else, John?
2: Nope, I'm good.
0: All right, cool. We will catch you next time.
1: See ya.